will be well into the ACC tournament. We'll get to uh, the quarterfinals where the top four seeds will now will join the party. So we'll have a big, big day uh, there three weeks from now. Two weeks from now, uh, Clemson women's basketball is going to be in uh, Greensboro for the ACC women's tournament. We're, we're getting close, folks. Just throwing that out there. We're getting very, very close, and all these games matter quite a bit. Um, as we continue on the program, it's time now for our This Week in Clemson Women's Athletics segment. It is brought to you by Morgan Coleman, your trusted real estate professional in the upstate. Uh, Morgan, how are you? Hey, y'all. How are you? Uh, we're doing fantastic. Uh, no complaints whatsoever. Uh, watched a little softball before our flight to uh, Notre Dame yesterday. A big win. Tigers mm-hmm. gave up a couple runs late, but uh, a nice win in Charlotte and then a chance to come back home this weekend. Yeah, we got the Clemson Classic this weekend. Uh, first game, Clemson has Ole Miss uh, tomorrow, Friday. Um, first game's at 4 p.m. They play again Saturday against Miami of Ohio at 1.30. And they turn around and do it all over again at 4 o'clock on Saturday against UConn. And then Sunday is how it plays out with based off of who's went, you know, fourth, third, first, and all of that. I, I'm always so like astonished that they can play so many games in such a short amount of time it, you know softball baseball all of that just I, it's very foreign to me because I was a soccer player so the fact that they can turn around from 1 30 Saturday and play again at 4 4 p.m. Is, is incredibly impressive so excited to watch them you can check it out on ACC Network X yes and uh, a few tickets available at the gate too if you want to if you want to get in you have to stand in line and, and pray um, or like Beach 10, <laughs> yeah. uh, make a night of it if you wanna if you wanna get in for that uh, that Ole Miss game on Friday. All right, let's um, let's talk about markets specifically, sort of looking back a year ago, and then ahead to mm-hmm. this year. What do we got there? Yeah, I'm gonna go over quickly um, the Greenville MLS data and also the Western Upstate MLS data. I think it's very interesting. In the in the Greenville MLS. Um, January of 2023, there were about 1,400 new listings. Um, this past January of 24, there was over 1,800 listings. There's almost a 400 uh, new listing increase. Average sales price has gone up. <laughs> so January of 23, a little over $350,000 is the average sales price. January of 24, it's almost $380,000 in an average sales price. So. Mm-hmm. Pretty, pretty decent increase there. And so for the Western Update, honestly, even more significant numbers. Uh, new listings in January of 23 a year ago, around 550. Um, this past January, over almost 740. So significant increase there. Average sales price was what really stood out to me in the Western Update. And when I say Western Upstate, you know, I'm talking, you know, Clemson, Anderson, Pendleton, all kind of the Western Corridor. Um, a year ago, average sales price is around 317000 and this past January was a little over 360000 So pretty significant increase um, in average sales price in the western upstate. Um, basically, what do all these numbers mean? <laughs> Prices of homes are not going down. They're just going to increase. I had a conversation with a new client yesterday. And she was like, I've kind of been on the fence. And, and I said, well, what's your ideal timeline? And she said, well, I'd like to be closed by, by May. And I said, okay, your buying time is now. 
because they're like, is it too soon? I've been waiting for, you know, rates to drop, this and that. I'm like, no, if your timeline truly is made right now, we need to get all of our your ducks in a row so that we can really attack when, when we need to attack to find you that home. Um, so if you've been on the fence, you want to see where rates are at, talk to some lenders, you know, meet with an agent. Now is the time because the spring market is already in full full bloom. Fantastic. Uh, great insight there. And if you're looking uh, to take advantage of the spring market, I know somebody. Morgan Coleman, thank you very much for sponsoring our uh, This Week in Clemson Women's Athletics segment. Appreciate your insights on the real estate market as well. And uh, enjoy a, a nice full weekend for you, and uh, we'll talk again next week. Thanks, y'all. Go Tigers. All right, that is Morgan Coleman, our trusted real estate professional in the upstate. Um, ben, I was looking last night. You know, we talked about how Wake Forest, and I saw a couple people on Twitter making some uh, some comments about this. 654-ROAR, if you want to continue to get in on the phones, or on the Adams Curving text line today, how Wake Forest was ahead of Clemson for the moment in the, uh, in the old net ratings. That is no longer the case because Clemson jumped Wake Forest last night and is now at 26. And I love this. So, again, I was, um, I was in and out. I was listening to radio and, and, um, and bouncing around just trying to find a feed, just trying to find a feed somewhere. And I ended up pulling up the, uh, the ACC Network broadcast last night. And Jim Beheim was like, he was throwing some shade at Lenardi, and he was basically like, ah, he was doing his best Larry David or Bernie Sanders impression. He was like, no, not doing it. He's like, five teams. The ACC is getting five teams. Enough of this with Wake Forest. He's like, this is dumb. Wake's getting in. Virginia Tech might get in, but Wake's definitely getting in. I think people are going to wake up to this. At like, Wake Forest is Mr. Steal Your Girl if you're a uh, last four in team right now because they're not in Lenardi's bracket, but they're totally going to be in at the end. I think it's laughable at this point that they're not. Yeah, I, I don't understand why Lenardi doesn't think they would be in. And keep in mind, Lenardi is not making personal projections. Correct. He's making projections based off of history of the tournament and and history of the selections. I don't know what it is about Wake that he doesn't think would be in, though. They're, they're in the 20s in the net. They're going to finish fourth or fifth in the ACC. I mean, heck, maybe third. Who knows? Uh, I, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know what it is about them that says that they that they wouldn't be and if they you know, they've got other games they're going to win so i in my mind wake forest is in i i don't even really worry about them um yeah i agree with that and the, the thing that they're looking at is quad one where wake forest now has a quad one win and i don't care that they're again it's against florida who just snuck into quad one did you watch that team play at alabama last night i mean they, they like to stolen a, a game from alabama um, Clemson, by the way, the only team to win at Alabama this year still. Uh, everybody else has gone in there and lost. Uh, and Wake Forest has three quad one games left. Like, they're, they're getting it. They're top 30 right now. If they, if they leave Wake Forest out, it would be unprecedented in the very short history of the net. It would be unprecedented for a team with Wake Forest metrics to be left out of the tournament. Well, it's just so, that simple. Yeah, so I'm glad you mentioned that about quad one wins. Uh, however, I mean, like, if that is the standard – then he would have to explain to me or somebody in the committee would have to explain to me why we are projecting nine big 12 teams in and two and two more on the bubble. Um, so if you go down, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, 
six, their top six teams are, I, I mean, they're they're solid teams. Uh, and, and I don't know that anybody's going to question them getting in. But then, well, heck, let's even start with the sixth one. The sixth one being uh, Texas Tech, if you do it in order of how they are in the net. Uh, Texas Tech, four and six in quad one. TCU, three and seven in quad one. Texas, four and seven in quad one. Oklahoma, three and seven. Cincinnati, three and six. So you mean to tell me that these teams that are winning, you know, roughly a third or so of their quad one games, I mean, if you're three and seven in quad one, you're telling me that that makes you squarely in, but Wake Forest is on the bubble? I, that doesn't compute to me, especially when you played in in all of those cases, uh, except for Texas. They've all played. They all played eight quad four games, and Texas played seven. That I mean, and I I, I want to get back to that. That's really the issue to me. I've always thought this that you know you, you could you could argue it one of two ways. You could argue, you know, you. You give yourself enough bites of the apple. You're just looking at, like, you've played a really tough schedule. You've played all these tough games. You win a few of them. You've challenged yourself. That's that's good. Like, that's a, that's, that's a good way to build a resume, and we appreciate you challenging yourself. Uh, therefore, if you're 3-7, and seven, for example, which TCU is, or 4-7 and seven like Texas is against Quad 1, we appreciate that, that you're playing all these tough opponents. However, all of these Quad 1 games that they're playing and winning are against each other. And we know that they rigged the system right. by playing terrible teams to get to that point. All of your quad one games are in your league. That's that's why these are very these are confusing. You can't take the numbers at face value with the Big Twelve. And, and yeah, exactly. And that's how they have fixed this because they're the, for in in many cases their only exposure outside of their league have been quad four games. So if you're if the if everybody you're playing is quad one, but you're in the same conference. Is it possible that you're wrong about these teams being quad one worthy teams? I mean, you're basing that off of efficiency ratings that were based off of quad four wins. Uh, now, you know, to be fair, Wake is only one in five in quad one at the moment. You know, they're they're certainly not setting the the world on fire, but they they also have played more quad two and quad three than all of those big 12 teams I just mentioned. So, uh, you know, if you want to, if wake is on the bubble, then half of those teams I just mentioned should be on the bubble, I guess is more my point. Also, if you just watch wake forest play right now, they do look like a, they look like a tournament type team. They, they do. They look good enough. Yeah. They're, they're a team that when you watch the games, that there's no question that they should be. And, I, again, I, I say this every week with Wake Forest. And you know what? You could say it with Virginia a little bit right now. Like, Virginia struggled a bit. Their resume looks good. They're 6-6 six and six in quad one and two. They're 3-3 three and three in quad one. They they still should get in. Wake Forest has no bad losses. They're 5-9 and nine against quad one and quad two, which, by the way, is very similar to the resumes of those other teams. They've just loaded up in quad twos and not quad ones. I, I'm, I'm telling you, like, Wake, Wake Forest is better than I – mean, I know TCU is on Clemson's schedule. Wake Forest is better than TCU. Wake Forest is better than these teams uh, that are right there at the bottom. Wake Forest is better than Cincinnati. Wake Forest is better than Texas. 
Mm-hmm. Wake Forest is a better team than those, and the net even like says it. Ken Palm says it. The BPI says it. They're, those are better teams right now, and it's painfully obvious that that's the case. Now, as I said, if if I'm doing it today, Wake Forest is in. I don't know if I have Virginia in right now because I, I do have the disadvantage of seeing these teams play, Quack, instead of just staring at numbers. <laughs> and uh, Virginia has is 20-7. and seven. Nice record at this point in the season. Really nice record. But your losses have been just disgusting. And <laughs> you can you can you tell me that Virginia actually looks like an NCAA tournament team based on the way they've played the last couple of weeks? I don't I don't know that they actually look the part. Not the last three games. I wouldn't say that. You know, now they're still, you know. Let's see what happens. But uh, they're they've fallen to forty eight in the in the net. So they're they're teetering in they're in dangerous territory right there. And they yeah, and they, I, they need to I would finish say strong. So. I would say so, especially given how like they traded places with Virginia Tech, like that. That's huge. Where Virginia like Virginia Tech is now, according to the net, a peer of Virginia's. And Virginia Tech has a huge win over Virginia. If you're jockeying for a spot, like like if it gets down to it, Virginia Tech wins a couple big games here down the stretch and Virginia continues to be eh, a little fair to Midland, um, don't let Virginia Tech have a better resume or don't let Virginia Tech seem like a better team than Virginia. Point. Look, the point of all these conversations is, particularly with some of these Big 12 teams who are going to continue to lose these games, like Cincinnati is going to keep losing these games, Wake Forest is going to steal spots. If you're a team on the bubble in right now, you need to be concerned with Wake Forest. You need to be concerned with a couple of these teams that are not in brackets that look like better teams than you that are going to work their way into this. Quark, on the other side, I want to talk about the SEC because they are current or current as of yesterday projected nine teams in. I think that nine teams, I can at least see eight. I can also see five or six. There's a lot Ooh. to be determined left in the SEC. Let's talk about that. Interesting that you brought that up because I think I can probably prove that with some numbers. We'll uh, we'll talk about that on the other side. 654-ROAR is the number if you'd like to join us. Hour two of the program continues live from South Bend and the Upcountry Fiber Studios. We'll be back for more after this. It's time to stop the debt collectors. It's time to get a fresh start. It's time to stop the foreclosures. Tax time is coming up. Time to do something for yourself. Time to get your fresh start. Come see Robert King for help. Call Robert King at 864-222-0200 or visit his website at www.thompsonking.com. Thompson & King is a debt relief agency. Robert King helps people file for bankruptcy relief under the bankruptcy code. Looking for a job with a company that's focused on family? Glen Raven's Anderson Plant, maker of high-quality Sumbrella products, is hiring now. As a family-run company offering competitive hourly rates to help you support your family, you'll enjoy premium benefits, including a pension program and much more. You'll qualify for a $1,500 sign-on bonus, and once you're hired, if you refer someone who gets hired, you'll get a $2,000 referral bonus, too. If you're experienced or willing to be trained, apply today at join.sumbrella.com. 
It's a new year, but one thing remains the same. Elkmont is the upstate's destination for the best in lifestyle clothing, shoes, unique gifts, outdoor gear, and so much more. Offering great footwear from On Running, Vans, Ufos, Birkenstock, and more. Incredible selection of jewelry featuring Kendra Scott and game day and lifestyle clothing from the most popular brands like Patagonia, Viore, Filson, Free Fly, Columbia, Z Supply, Howler Brothers, and more. Shop South Carolina's largest selection of on running shoes and enjoy great discounts on select game day and winter apparel as our winter clearance sale begins. Find the latest arrivals and fashion trends from Elkmont's Facebook and Instagram pages or shop Elkmont online at ElkmontTradingCompany.com. That's E-L-K-M-O-N-T TradingCompany.com. Elkmont is conveniently located in Powdersville off of 153 and in Clemson at 93 and Highway 123. And finally, go Tigers! New year, new you. You've been thinking about it, I know, because I was there too. I thought about it for years and then I did it and within a few weeks... Drop some big pounds, and I never looked back. Any time to start is a good time, but now is a great time to start something good and new. With the holidays in the rearview mirror at the start of 2024, there's no better time than now, and only you can do it. Reach out to our friends, Dr. Ashley Lucas and her team at PhD Weight Loss. It all starts in the kitchen, and they'll get you dropping all your excess weight and keep it off for life. MyPhDWeightLoss.com 2008 was an incredible year for me and my family. Not only was it the year that I became head coach at Clemson, but it was also the year that I found the only dealership I need for sales and service. Toyota of Easley is my kind of place. If you are considering the purchase of a new or used vehicle or need your current vehicle serviced or repaired, then I encourage you to go see the winning team at Toyota of Easley. Be sure and tell them Dabo sent you. Your Pie Pizza Restaurant has not one but two locations to satisfy your pizza, pasta, and gelato cravings in Clemson. Your Pie Downtown is located less than a mile away from Death Valley, and Your Pie Dockside has the relaxing lake views you've been dreaming of. It's a quick and casual meal for fans on game day, or great for a night out with friends and family. Make a fully customized pizza, pasta, or salad, or choose a favorite from our preset menu, Pizza Brews Gelato. It's Your Pie. Powered by Upcountry Fiber, we are 105.5 and 97.5 The Roar. Providing fiber internet, HDTV, and phone service, Upcountry Fiber is a stronger connection. How can we get your undivided attention? If you just look over here for two seconds, I'll do anything. I'll watch a foreign film. I'll talk to a man with a ponytail. Get in at 654-ROAR and let us know what you want to talk about. We are the Roar. You may think that I'm talking foolish. You've heard that I'm wild and I'm free. Hour 2 continues. We're live here uh, on the show today. Uh, we have some tickets to give away later on the show. We'll be saying more about that. Um, tomorrow, we've got lots of stuff going on at the brand spanking new Landscaper Supply. We're going to have to change our copy here because I keep talking about seven upstate locations. Uh, it's about to be eight, folks, because Landscaper Supply has a big event going on this weekend. It is a big blowout grand opening. Uh, it is uh, right there at the intersection of Highway 8 and 81. 
it's a uh, Piedmont location is the way that they're framing it. You, you, if you know the area, you know where we're talking about there. Uh, we're going to be there noon to 3 tomorrow, and th- we've got giveaways. We'll have free food on site. Uh, there will be opportunities to take advantage of specials on grills and generators and all kinds of landscaping equipment. Uh, the vendors are going to be there, the big vendors. Uh, we know all of the names that you know and love are going to be there. We did a similar event back in August in Seneca, and it rocked. I mean, we just we, we blew it out and very, very excited to welcome Piedmont to the family of landscaper supply stores here in the upstate. They've got premium quality mulch, soil, stone, or sand. They can have it delivered right to your door, and uh, it's better than a big box store. It's a little bit more intimate, and uh, if you're a landscaper or you're somebody who just likes to have a good yard, uh, you can you can find something that you need at Landscaper's Supply. Milwaukee Skag Husqvarna is going to be there. You should be there, too. Register to win a free grill there. That's uh, super enticing. Come out and join us tomorrow right at the intersection of Highway 8 and 81 in Piedmont. In business for nearly 35 years in the upstate, that's our friend Landscaper Supply. For more information, go to landscapers-supply.com. Uh, ben, we were talking about another... Uh, league that potentially uh, may see a bit of a late swoon when mm-hmm. it comes to inclusion from the number of their teams in the tournament field, and that league, of course, is the SEC. It is the SEC. Right now, Lenardi has nine teams projected in, and, you know, I've got no problem, certainly, with Alabama, Tennessee, Auburn, Kentucky, Florida. Um, after that, and and they, you may have nine. I just think it is dicey after that, and here's why I say it. Uh, for, let's start with maybe what, in my mind, most, least likely, which they still have them squarely in, and that's Texas A&M. Uh, I blink they're projected a nine seed. They are uh, 49 in the net. But they have some difficult games remaining, and they're only 15 and 11 overall. Uh, now, the six and five in quad one, and that's that's a good quad one record. But they've got they are going to lose more games, and when you are around that 50 mark, man, you're danger, danger. Especially when you don't have the wins, you're going to end up winning, being like a 17 or 18 win team. I just would not feel comfortable if I'm A&M. So I, I think they are the most – they have the most to lose at this point. Um, South Carolina, if the tournament is right now, you're in, nobody's even batting an eye. You've got to keep winning, though. And the danger at South Carolina is that you're 57 in the net at the moment. And that is, you're good everywhere else, but the net number is not good. I also, we've talked about South Carolina never went through that bad period of the season that everybody goes through. I feel like they're probably at the beginning of that right now and, you know, getting just destroyed at Auburn and then losing to LSU that you shouldn't have lost to. Now they have to go to Ole Miss, to Texas A&M, Florida, who's playing great, Tennessee's playing great, and finish with Mississippi State. 
So everybody else left on their tournament is either really good teams or they are also fighting for the same thing you're fighting for, and you have to go to them. I just think these next five games are brutally tough for South Carolina, but they are going to have to win more than they lose. Or, Quark, I, I, I mean, I, I, I still think South Carolina is a quality team, and if I'm doing the bracket today, they are in. But if you finish with a net in, you know, like 68, and you and you lose three of your last five, I don't I don't know if that's good enough, man. I mean, what do you think about that? And Dave, I think Dave, you're we're right. coming to you here in just a moment. I think you're right because South Carolina has a net problem, and the net problem is not just a net problem. It is a Ken Palm problem. It's a BPI problem. It is that South Carolina is in the tournament right now because of their body of work. It is not because of the quality of their play. Now, South Carolina fans would go, well, I mean, Quark, you, you know, we won at Tennessee. What are you talking about, high-quality play? I agree. I think South Carolina is a good team. I think they're an NCAA tournament team. But the metrics, the efficiency numbers, they disagree. And that is persistent, and it has been persistent, that this is a team that feels like a bubble team in terms of the way that they're playing, but their body of work has been good enough, and the quality of their best wins has been good enough to get them in. If they start losing these games, they have five quad ones down the stretch like you're talking about. If they go one and four in these quad one games, and they're sitting at four and seven oh, they're not getting in quad in one. They go one and four, they're not getting in. And that, I, that's I agree. just a sad reality here. That, But... More so than Mississippi State, I think South Carolina looks like a tournament team. Mississippi State's playing better. Yeah. They had a good win last night. They just look like a better team, but the 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 season-long efficiency numbers and that kind of stuff, it is going to favor other teams down the stretch if South Carolina's resume is not polished. Several texters mentioned this, and this was where I was going with all of that comment about South Carolina. South Carolina looks like Clemson of last year, where they passed the eye test, they finish they're going to finish high in a good conference and yet their net ranking is bad that is exactly what south that's what clemson was last year that's what south carolina looks like could happen to them this year and you need to be because of the way their schedule has is tough here on the back end they need to be playing their best basketball right now and I'm afraid they might be playing their worst. So South Carolina is like if you're a South Carolina fan, you you can't be comfortable with where you are projected right now because of all of those things, because of what you have, uh, you know, on the horizon here. And man, that's why the losing to LSU was tough. You know, it was like Clemson last year losing losing to Louisville was tough. Same type of same type of pain, um, and then finally we got a couple calls on hold. the the other The other two Mississippi State, Ole Miss. To me, Quark, I I mean they they played okay, but I, I'm not I'm not at all shocked, especially with Ole Miss if they don't make it in. And those two play each other to end the season. I think the final game of the year. One of those teams gets in and the other one gets left out. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I mean, I it 
it it feels like Ole Miss again. They ran up a bunch of wins early in the season. Um, I just I, I I don't think they're they look like an NIT team. They have the resume of an NIT team. They look like an NIT team. I'm gonna put you on the spot here before we go to the phones. Mississippi State, Texas A&M, South Carolina, Ole Miss. Of those four teams, which ones ultimately get in the tournament? Do you think? Uh. I mean, again, I can make a case for all getting in. I can make a case for them all being left out. I, man, if I had to go with, if I had to go with one right now, is it Mississippi State? Maybe. I, Mississippi State has the highest net. They're the team that you could probably justify the most, even though they've got a quad three and a quad four loss. That, That's that something final that game with Ole Miss is at home. I, I believe. Uh, I believe that. Yes, it is. That. It yeah. is. I, well, I, I think it is. Let me check. I'll double check. I, I think it's going to come down to that game. Uh, that. Uh, oh, they don't play see. their final game. They don't. South they Carolina. actually don't. Yeah. Wait a minute. I was looking at the wrong schedule. They don't play Ole Miss at the end. They play South Carolina at the end. Okay. Very good. Um, I will. I will tell you this. Texas A and M looks like a team that. They look like a team that's going to get in in a first four game because there are only like five teams in the country that have more quad one wins than Texas A&M. They also have four quad three losses. They look like a first four team, like a Rutgers when they were seventy seven in the net. Um, I, I would, I would say I think Texas A&M profiles like a team that gets in, but like is very very dicey. South Carolina profiles like a team that that is going to be sweating it more so than their record suggests. Mississippi State's the one that looks most like a tournament team. I don't think Ole Miss is getting in. I think Mississippi State and Texas A&M and South Carolina will find a way to get in, but it's going to be more dicey than you would think for South Carolina, and a and is going to be playing in the first four. Uh, let's go to Dave, who's up with us next on the phone. 654-ROAR is the number. What's up, Dave? Hey, guys. Good afternoon. Couldn't you say that about Clemson, though? I mean, if we got five games left, if we go two and three in that stretch, that gives us 20 wins, but could that leave us out of the NCAA tournament? No, I don't think uh, two and three would not be great, but I don't think it. I don't think it would. Uh, I, th- I think your your net is high enough now. I, I don't know how comfortable you would be, uh, but right. yeah, I, I think your net is is at, at a place now that you would be okay, and and you would st- and you would still have be a 20 win team there. I, I I think they would be okay. I would rather not find out. Yeah, no, exactly. And and but I just I go back to to last year. What were we a twenty three win team, and and we won our first round matchup in the uh, uh, ACC tournament, and played our guts out in the second game, uh, and 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 got left out. I just I wonder if the NCAA is trying to do everything they can to make sure Clemson gets in. Because they know that they screwed the pooch by leaving them out, and 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 I wonder if there's any kind of thought process like that. But that's not the point of my call, Ben. You were in Atlanta last night, weren't you? Yes, sir, I was. Did you have a good time? Uh, I did have a good time. Yes, I did. Exactly. And you know what? I tell you, I got to watch the game on TV last night, and that that is how we come to want to expect Clemson to play this year. Exactly what we saw last night, a complete and, – and, and we understand as Clemson fans that the other team has 
same players. Has great players, has streaks and the whole nine yards. But that game last night looked like Clemson was a top four team in the ACC, worthy of a, a of a double buy. And you you wonder what is it that made it click last night, but could not click Saturday night. Does that make sense? Or Saturday a week ago against Virginia, uh, and so you just. Is it that they're still trying to grow together? Is it, have we, you know, I know with Jack Clark in there, that adds a truly new dimension to that team from an offensive st- and defensive standpoint. But, um, you know, is it, is it that they're still growing into each other or, or, or what? Here's, here's the way I would describe it, okay? Uh, UConn lost to Seton Hall on the road on Wednesday, December 20th. And they won every game for two months. And if you just watched their game against Seton Hall and you just watched their game against Creighton, you would think they have a lot of weaknesses. But the two months in between, they pounded people. Most of those wins by double digits, they just beat the stew out of people. And it happens. It, you show up against certain teams in certain buildings, and you just feel good. And sometimes you show up against certain teams in certain buildings, and you just don't. Sometimes you feel good about who's guarding you. Sometimes you feel lousy about who's guarding you. I, I, I think it is it has less to do with, like, a team's maturation when you've got the experience that Clemson does and more about I just felt good tonight. I saw a couple shots go in. Uh, we played a little bit better defensively. If you're a Clemson person, you know that. And I think that that certainly helped. You got a bunch of stops. And you're able to kickstart some offense that way. But I was other than maybe ratcheting up the intensity and the focus and determination defensively a little bit. I don't. I didn't see a whole lot of difference uh, between Clemson last night and Clemson other games outside of that the shot went in. Like they didn't. They didn't run a bunch of different stuff, and it wasn't like you know super in depth or what. They they just made shots last night. Yeah, and and that's been. The, the life and death of this club, it seems like, is if the three is on, then everything else seems to open up. If it's if they're going cold, then they're they're struggling a little bit. But I'll tell you what, and, and, and I don't know if this made an ESPN top play, but the last Georgia Tech possession of the first half, that was a that was a tremendous play. I mean, the kid blocks the ball, and the other kid picks it up, takes it down, and scores right before the buzzer goes off. When, when it looked like we were about to drop the death nail at the half, you know, completely demoralize them. So uh, I thought that was a fun, if you're a basketball fan, I thought that was a fun play, and, and, and that was like, son of a gun, that thing was awesome. But anyway, uh, I just wanted to call in and, uh, and uh, just get your thoughts on that. Y'all have a great day. Thanks, Dave. Appreciate the phone call. Very good stuff there. Uh, let's squeeze Tar Heel chat in if we can before we get Brian Edwards on the other side. Uh, Chad, what's up, man? Ben, can you get Bayon to sit up in his chair, for God's sake? How? I mean, last night he was mumbling. I mean, he, you know, I'm just like, sit up in your chair at least. I mean, he's just <laughs> unbelievable. How awkward you know I mean? does it must it be to be a head coach of a team and you have Jim Bayheim sitting directly beside your bench and he coached your guard for the last four years like how um, it was crazy last night the way that was set up mumble man god he mumbles i mean it's unbelievable uh real quick well um 
player of the year in ACC is not locked up for sure, but who would be the five? Who do you think is the best year uh, top, yeah, for uh, first team all ACC? You guys take care. Uh, thanks very much, Chad. Appreciate the phone call. I, you know, I go back and forth on this. Right now, today, uh, I think maybe R.J. Davis, um, I think. Uh, some days, I think P.J. Hall. Um, I, I'm not really thinking about anybody else right now, honestly, other than those two. I think those two guys are the the favorites. Ben, is there anybody else I'm missing there that – or or am I am I missing something with, with, uh, with those two guys? Um – I mean, I, man, I don't know. I those are those are your front runners. Um, oh, yeah. I I still think. Let's see what Henson does down the stretch. I, I mean, I wouldn't really mount as a dark horse, but you know, Walt made a good case, and now after seeing him in person, DJ Horn at NC State is such an underrated guy. Yeah, yeah, really, really good player. I'm a I'm a big fan of that guy. And um, in fact, let me let me see the leading scorer in R.J. Davis is is averaging two points a game more than P.J. Hall is right now. Um, I mean, what, that what's might be average? what's twenty one point three, and P.J. is at nineteen point two, and your guy Blake Henson's at eighteen point eight. And I think D.J. is at uh, like seventeen seven, something like that. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's close. And Horn is playing so well down the stretch. Yeah, seventeen seven. He's sixth in the league. He's playing so well down the stretch. It can be hard to. Hard to ignore him in your all-ACC discussions. All right, uh, short break. We'll come back with Brian Edwards. Hour two of the program continues right after this. For over 36 years, Little John Portable Toilets has proudly served the upstate. From construction to special events, Little John Portable Toilets has you covered with worry-free toilet service, delivered, cleaned, and sanitized, serving the upstate and further when possible. Portable toilets, handicap, hand wash stations, holding tanks, executive restroom trailers. And if you have a question, we have a live person to talk with. Little John, family-owned and operated, 800-499-5667 and at littlejohntoilets.com. I'm Will Davis with the Davis Law Group. It's important to me to always remember why we do what we do as litigation attorneys, and that's to help people. But more specifically, it's to help people by creating a path forward after a catastrophic event. When someone walks into our office, they've likely experienced the worst day in their life. They've lost a loved one, they're catastrophically injured, or their family's falling apart. The second you walk into our office, you have personal involvement with an attorney. Our personal involvement continues until the case is concluded. Contact us today at davis.law. Let us see how we can help. It's moving day, and Tiger Moving Company is here to help. Skip the headache. Hire the professionals with the right tools for your move. They're a clean-cut and reliable team, pack and assemble furniture seamlessly. So all you have to do is make yourself at home. To top this all off, they even start and stop the clock at your house, charging you a flat hourly rate. No rounding up. Call today at 908-9028 or email tigermoving at gmail.com to make your next move with Tiger Moving Company. Hey, foodies, we want to talk to you about the Upstate's favorite taco spot, Willie Taco, with five locations across the Upstate. Our team has been serving up fresh taco fusion for a solid decade now. But let's not forget about the super fresh margaritas, ice cold cerveza, and over 80 tequilas that are served up daily from behind our high energy bar, with happy hour on weekdays starting at 4 p.m. The owners, all local Upstate dudes, love hosting the Willie Taco Fiesta for our amazing guests. 
Don't wait. Your Willie Taco Familia is ready to serve you up our twist on funky fresh fusion. It's the Willie way. Samuel Property Group is locally owned, proud to be part of the upstate community and putting their money where their mouth is. If you know someone moving a loved one into assisted living and struggling to sell their outdated home, or maybe you have a friend with a property wrapped up in probate, what about a vacant, dilapidated home in your neighborhood that needs sprucing up? Make a referral that turns into a deal, and when they close, you get a $1,000 referral fee. It's that easy. SamuelPropertyGroup.com. That's SamuelPropertyGroup.com. Bosch is hosting a direct hire event for maintenance technicians at 1100 Scottsbridge Road in Anderson on Tuesday, February 27th from 9 to 2. Recently increased pay rates and multiple shifts. Learn more and RSVP at hdijobs.com backslash Bosch. Engineered Sleep has been a Roar partner for over eight years, and your support has meant the world to them. They design and manufacture some of the best mattresses in the world right here in Greenville, South Carolina. If you've not visited their new 95,000 square foot facility at 333 North Pleasantburg Drive in Greenville, you should. Go check out their mattress showroom and also take a tour of their factory. It is rare that you can buy a mattress directly from a factory that has been making them since 1931. The Roar, the only media outlet where you won't need a two-step authentication to access. It's going to be exciting. The Roar, where every day's game day. You know, I appreciate that you're playing this while I'm looking outside in a dreary day in South Bend, Indiana. That's about as far away from the uh, the heart of that song as you possibly can be, and so uh, it it did throw me for a loop. Uh, I gotta I gotta say, it did throw me for a loop. Um, William Quaggy was Ben Milstead with you. Glad to have you along for the ride uh, at 1:45 on Thursdays. We do get our uh, gambling advice from our Vegas Insider. He's a senior handicapper at VegasInsider.com. He's at MajorWager.com and at VegasBeavers on Twitter. He is Brian Edwards who joins us this week. Brian, what's up, man? What's happening, gentlemen? How we doing? Doing fantastic. Hope you're doing well. And I'm, I'm excited to get your thoughts on uh, some college hoops action, some NBA action, the NBA back in action tonight after the All-Star weekend. Let's start in college uh, Purdue, a heavy favorite at home against Rutgers. Tell me why you're on the Scarlet Knights tonight. Well, they've had a lot of head-to-head success against Purdue. They won outright in West Lafayette uh, last season. In the last eight head-to-head meetings, Rutgers is 5-3 and three straight up, 7-0-1 oh, against the spread. And Rutgers is in pretty good form right now. They had won four in a row uh, until this past weekend. Uh, they lost uh, at Minnesota. Um, but uh, you look at the Boilermakers, their last uh, seven games, they've only won once by double digit margins. Uh, they're mired, I'm sorry, the last six games, and they're mired in a two and four against the spread club. And I think a lot of the head to head success for Rutgers is because the big man, Cliff Amori, makes things difficult uh, for Zach Eady. Uh, and he's one of the nation's best rim protectors. So I'll go Rutgers plus. I got 15 and a half this morning. Looks like 14 and a half now at most books. There's a 15 and a half at South Point, but uh, 14 and a half is fine. I still like it. All right, uh, Michigan Northwestern. I thought you might be on Northwestern here because uh, uh, K 
Kamqua is out now for Michigan. Uh, one of their other best players is hurt as well and didn't play in the most recent game. You like the over in this matchup between Northwestern and Michigan. Tell us why. Yeah, so Michigan is ranked number 340 out of 362 Division One teams in scoring defense. They give up 78.9. Their games this year overall, you know, uh, combined scores are averaging 154.1, and we're looking at a total of 137 or 137.5. The over is 12-2 and two in Northwestern's last 14. They're seventh in the country in three-point accuracy. They make 39.2% of their trades. And if, if tonight's total ha- was the total for all of Michigan's nine road games this year, the over would be eight and one. The over is only five and four in their nine road games, but they had combined scores of 152, 143, and 138 that went under but, but would cash tonight. So let's, let's go over on this one. I love that. Uh, you got great numbers for Brian Edwards. Check him out. Uh, MajorWager.com. He's a senior handicapper at VegasInsider.com and at VegasBEdwards.com. On Twitter, uh, big matchup in the AAC tonight. You've got Florida Atlantic at Dusty May prepping for a tournament run. They are hosting SMU, and you like a play on the total here. Yeah, I'm going to go over 153.5 or 154. The over is hit in four straight for SMU and is on a 9-2 and two run in its last 11. But uh, one of those two unders in SMU's last 11 had 156 combined that w- would be an over Tonight, the over 7-4 and four in FAU's last 11, including combined scores like 169, 159, 163, 215, 172, 177, and 176. Let's go over FAU SMU. Fantastic stuff there. All right, uh, finally, Minnesota. People may be surprised about this. Minnesota is the number one team against the spread in all of college basketball. They are a short favorite against a suddenly potent and lively Ohio State squad tonight. Yeah, I'm going to go with Minnesota minus three and a half. I, I wish I could say I was on a lot of those 22 spread covers. Um, I have not been on many, <laughs> but I have been on uh, have been on uh, three of them here recently. And I'm going to go back to it. I mean, Minnesota's 14 and three straight up, 16 and one against the spread, and 17 home games. Ohio State has not won on the road all year long. Two and five ATS. Um, the Gophers uh, have won uh, three in a row outright at home. They, they've covered eight in a row at home. And, um, you know, the Buckeyes are kind of a little bit of a letdown scenario after that huge win uh, at home over, over Purdue over the weekend. All right, and then uh, finally, want to get to some NBA. You like a little money line parlay tonight with uh, teams coming off the break, a little bit of an unpredictable spot, but give me the teams you're rolling with tonight in this parlay. Yeah, four home favorites. Just need them to win outright. Uh, the Cavs at home uh, to Orlando. Now, Donovan Mitchell is questionable, but Paolo Banchero is questionable for Orlando as well. Uh, then let's go Pelicans at home uh, to the Rockets. Then let's go the Jazz at home to the Hornets. And finally, uh, the Kings at home to the Spurs uh, in the late night game. So 14 parlay should should pay about around plus 185. Uh, that's the Cavs, that's the Pelicans, the Jazz, and the Kings. 
Awesome stuff there. Uh, I, I love that. Um, just just take home just take home favorites to be at home and do what they're supposed to do, and everybody has a good night. Brian, thank you very much. Great insight from our Vegas Insider, uh, senior handicapper, VegasInsider.com. He is at VegasBeavers on Twitter, also MajorWager.com. Brian, enjoy a uh, little hoops this weekend, and we'll talk to you again next week. Y'all as well. Thanks, Quark. Have a good weekend. All right. Thank you, Brian Edwards, joining the party here on a Thursday. Uh, 654-ROAR is the number if you'd like to join us on the phone. 654-7627 if you'd like to join us uh, on the phones or on the Adams Covering uh, text line. This is interesting because I I had down Northwestern minus 11.5 on a potential slate here. Um, uh, you know, just, just taking some notes before the show. Uh, and also, I, I thought about the over in Michigan Northwestern, so I'm definitely going to pop that. Um, one more I would keep an eye on tonight, just, you know, to take or fade, depending. Uh, Arizona and Washington State are the, the two best teams in the Pac-12, and Washington State is getting 13 on the road at Arizona. That just feels like a lot. I know Arizona's really, really good. That feels like a lot of points. Washington State's playing very, very well. They're on a big-time hot streak, not just winning, but also covering the number. So if you feel inclined, Washington State plus 13 feels like uh, a fair amount of value tonight as well. Texture asks, were those money line plays uh, on the NBA parlay? Yes, they were. That is, and I'll, I'll say it again, Cavaliers uh, against Orlando. You've got the Rockets against the Pelicans, the Jazz against the Hornets, and the Kings against the Spurs. So there's that. Uh, all four of those uh, will give you a plus 185 payout, which that's why we're here. Uh, I'm way ahead of you, Texters, before you even ask. He's four and six in the last ten. <laughs> Can I tell you something? I, this but, is this but, but, but my man has got has had some bad luck. I mean, you, you know, you've had some bad luck on some of these. Last night, uh, South Florida wins by five after controlling the game against UTSA. They win by five. They're five and a half point favorites. <laughs> I mean, what are you going to do? Uh, UConn was a bad pick. I took Miami. Not because I believed in Miami, but because I thought, you know what? Everybody's left Miami for dead. Duke's going on the road. This is a weird spot. Uh, maybe this is Miami's last stand. And it turns out they fell as hard as you can. They lost by a million. That was a very that was a very bad pick last night. Um, I'm trying to think what are some of these other ones that I've lost. Uh, Auburn was a stone-cold lock. They didn't cover. Uh I, I've taken Houston twice. They didn't cover by half a point this week. Um, yeah, it's been it's been some uh, some bad luck. UConn minus three at Creighton was also bad, but like, I mean, I, I'm of course I'm gonna rock with a team that's uh, that's won for two months straight and not losing against a team that doesn't beat top three or top five teams, even though they uh, they've handled the UConn. Uh, one other thing I would point out that Minnesota Ohio State. I'm gonna actually I'm gonna give that one out. I'm going to give that one out because Minnesota's like, depending on where you look, like in one of the books, Minnesota's 22-4 and four against the number this year, which is absolutely remarkable. And I know that Ohio State, for no reason at all, just beat Purdue after they fired Chris Holtman. That is the perfect spot for Minnesota to win this by like 15. So give me, uh, give me, uh, we'll say give me 30 bucks on Minnesota minus three against Ohio State tonight. Uh... That that's my number one play of the day. That's a pick. Got to do it. Got to do it. Five and six. 
Five and six. That's what we're going for today. Uh, some of these other ones. I mean, I'm kind of. I mean, I'm kind of persuaded on the Michigan Northwestern over here that uh, Brian Edwards gave out. You know what? Twenty bucks on Michigan Northwestern over. Uh, one thirty-seven. He convinced me on that. That's a pick. Bingo. And I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm sticking with my Washington State pick. I like Washington State plus thirteen. Those are my three college picks tonight. Bada bing, bada boom. Gotta love it. Uh, ben Milstead. Any thoughts on any of those? Or do you think I'm crazy on any of those? Uh, no. I mean, you, man, you do you. That's all I can tell you. You do you. <laughs> um, I'm the only person in America, by the way, that was watching the last painstaking seconds of, uh, of South Florida at UTSA last night um, on ESPN+. Plus. That was that was rough. That I would not have recommended the end of that game. It was it was not a master class. I'll just I'll just uh I'll say it that way. Um you you have been uh you've been eating a little bit too, sir. Uh you've been a little a little 3 and 0 earlier. Well maybe that was last week. That might have been last week. Uh, You're up yeah, to 3600 bucks. Yeah, no, I mean no biggie. No biggie. <laughs> my 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 goal is to get up is to get up by 3000 on you. That's the goal. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you know what? I've got some others down here that I might go to see if we can accelerate that process some. Um, you know what? I'm I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. I'll I'll be I'll be a little more uh I'll be a little more conservative for the people right now. I, I will tell you this. I plan on playing a lot of games this weekend cuz I I like the slate of games in the ACC and the SEC. Ooh, I, and, you know what? And that, I haven't even seen the lines yet, but I, I, you know, obviously it'll depend on that. But I, I have a strong lean on a lot of these games this weekend. I'm, I'm going to because we're not going to have lines when we, uh, when we hit the air tomorrow. I'm actually making a note tomorrow's show is uh, make Ben pick the Ken Palm spread. <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna use Ken Palm, and we're gonna see how you're feeling about these games and how frisky you uh, you really are feeling about uh, about some of these numbers. I'm I'm excited to do this because you're right, it is a great slate this weekend in the ACC and the SEC. And uh, you've got Alabama, Kentucky this weekend. You got Houston, Baylor. I know that's not um, I know it's not ACC or SEC, but you've got a you've got an 11 a.m. Central. Tip time at Baylor for Houston Baylor. You've got Duke Wake. Wake's best chance to get a quad one win, a second quad one win this weekend. Virginia Tech Pittsburgh, bubble game. South Carolina Ole Miss uh, could be maybe a little bit of a bubble game in there. Could be, yeah. Could be. Uh, and then, of course, you've got uh, you've got Clemson, Florida State. By the way, Ken Palm has Clemson by 10 right now. Just put that in the hopper. That, that, that sounds about right. That sounds about right. We'll uh we'll get to more of that on tomorrow's show. Six five four roar is the number. When we come back, I want to talk about uh, a couple things in the world of college football. I want to talk about nil. I want to talk about it related to the uh, NCAA football video game because we've already got people trying to. Uh, you know what? I'm not going to blow it. These people are they're morons. They don't know college kids at all. And uh, we've also got a couple other odds and ends to tie up from the world of sports. We'll do that with you in Hour 3 
Up next, don't go anywhere. WCCP Craving FM 105.5. After the game, Greenville Anderson. Order on the Wendy's app. AM 1560. 97.5. Order on the Wendy's app. We are no time the to cook before taking the kids to soccer practice. Order on the Wendy's app. You catching my drift here? It's never been easier to get fresh food fast. Download the Wendy's app today to experience just how simple it really is. Join the rewards program and start earning points. New offers are added all the time. So what are you waiting for? Order.